Hello, I'm Will Stein and welcome to Geography Island Jams. This podcast is in the same style as the BBC Radio 4 Desert Island Disc series, whereby each episode I ask my interviewee what eight songs, book and luxury item they would want to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. For rights reasons, the music has not been included in the podcast. You can find links to the eight songs on the LSE Geography and Environment website. I hope you enjoy. So welcome to Geography Island Jams. Today with me I have the fabulous Lydia Gunatilica. Lydia is an alumni of the LSE Geography and Environment Department since 2018 when she graduated with a degree in BA Geography. She lived in Passfield Hall during her first year and then lived in Angel during her second and third. Whilst at LSE, Lydia founded the LSE Cocktail Society. The society ran a series of events throughout the year. Nevertheless, the most famous being their flagship event, Around the World Cocktails and Tea. At the event, all guests received at least 10 cocktails and limited tea for a mere £6. Moving on from the LSE, Lydia has done a series of internships and temporary work for companies such as Liz Earl, Ted Baker and Ferrari. Since August 2018, she's been working at Condé Nast magazine and her current position is Senior Sales Executive at Tatler magazine. So welcome, Lydia. When did you first start thinking about doing geography? During my A-levels, I was thinking about what I wanted to do at university. And I picked basically my two favourite subjects and thought it'd be really fun to do a joint honours. So my two favourite was um, French and geography. So I looked into online which universities offered this French and geography combination and it whittled down to five. And I really wasn't keen on any of the five. So I had to rethink my strategy whether I was going to do just French or just geography. So I had a word with some of my brother's friends. Um, so he's actually French. So I asked him what he thought about doing French purely at uni. And he said that it was basically like doing English literature, but in another language. So that's not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to just improve my French language skills and not any of reading all the literature and all of that that wasn't on my street. So I decided then to do geography. From then on, I spoke with my geography teacher at the time and just asked her about her degree and she said that she did a mixture of physical and human and in her first year as part of her physical module she had to analyse soil samples and I was like that is not for me at all I'm not wasting my first year looking at soil so I decided to go purely down the, the human route because that's what interests me most in the A-level anyway um, and then it came down to looking at those universities and who does, does offer just purely human geography. Did you have a favourite topic? Um, I'd say development in A-level geography was always a good one for me. I like learning about places that I'd never been to and just finding out about how developmental processes have worked throughout the past and different approaches to development and that is something that I continue to learn in in university as well. Um, I really like learning about cities. I thought that was really interesting. I've always been quite a a pro-urbanisation person so it was nice to learn about cities more. Hated everything about mountains and rivers and coasts. It was quite easy actually to whittle down. I just want to learn about cities and development and that's human geography. Fab, can you now tell me about your first song? Okay, my first song is The Less I Know the Better by Tame Impala. So 
this song is just one that really gets you going. I have such good memories of this song. Um, I'd recently seen Tame Impala and just loved them. I was supposed to be seeing them in May, but obviously that's not happening. But my memories of this song is just being so drunk, getting home and just blasting it and like dancing like crazy. It just makes you feel so good. And it's just a really happy song. Play it whenever I'm feeling a bit low, gets me going, I love it. Do you have a favorite experience from your time at the LSE? Okay, so my favorite experience was going to New York. So in my second year, uh, as part of the geography course, we were able to go to New York and carry out individual research projects, which was so fun. I'd never been to the US before, so it was a really exciting opportunity. The only annoying thing is we weren't 21, so we couldn't like go out. But it's such an amazing city and it was so fun to like bond with everybody in, in second year because we weren't that close by then. I think New York really brought us together um, and now they're just friends for life. So I think that's probably my lasting memory. Do you have a favourite part from the trip? So I loved the High Line. I thought that was really cool. People who don't know, they've converted this railway um, in New York to, to be sort of pedestrianised and there's benches and sun loungers. Uh, when we went, it was freezing cold, but I couldn't imagine how nice it would be in the summer or the spring. And it was really great because uh, we were taken around by a lecturer called Austin Zeidman, um, who he's from Philadelphia, but he has Sicilian roots and he was telling us all about his grandparents coming into New York and their immigration stories. And he knows a lot about the city. So it's great to be taken around by somebody who knows what they're talking about um, and has personal connections with the city. So that was really interesting. Do you have a favourite place around the LSE? My favourite building and sort of place, um, which I actually didn't go to that much when I was studying, but was the Shaw Library. I really loved it. Like I've only been probably three or four times, but I wish I'd gone more because it's such, a, it's such an out of place building. It doesn't look like or feel like an LSE room, um, which is quite refreshing. I think it's really relaxing, just a nice place to, to hide away from people. Can you now tell me about your second song and for any reasons why you've chosen it? So my second song is Ultralight Beam by Kanye West. So this is a really special song for me because it's actually the first and only song I've ever cried to, which is kind of embarrassing. But <laughs> um, so I first heard it in my first year of LSE, so I was at Passfield Hall and we did a listening party because Kanye released this new album. So a group of us uh, went into this room and listened to it. And it's a really like religious sort of biblical song. And I think it's, it's just struck something within me and I just burst into tears. But it re also really got me into Kanye West. And I then listened to all his past albums because I wasn't really into him at that point. And then now I'm just obsessed. You're one of the last generations of LSE students who went to Saucy. Is there anything you miss from it or is there anything you most remember strongly from going to Saucy? I remember Friday morning, you woke up and you're like, okay, Saucy's tonight, let's assemble the troops. <laughs> and I'd literally go, like everyone I saw that day on campus, like to the, in the canteen, anywhere, I'd be like, you going Saucy tonight and try and recruit everybody. 
and it was like a task for Friday. That was the only thing I did on a Friday. Let's say in Passfield, we'll have our open bar or our corridor parties, and and we'd like we'd have to make the the LSE queue, which was like at half eleven or something. So at eleven p.m., we'd just run down Southampton Road to Saucy, and sometimes we'd get on like the Boris bikes and cycle down drunk. Like it, I think it's more. It wasn't Saucy itself. It was just everybody being together and seeing people at the club, like people in other halls. And it was always an adventure on Friday nights, just something that really bound everyone together. What would you say is the most beautiful place that you've been to? In the world? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I know. Um, Capri, it was just gorgeous. So anyone who doesn't know, Capri is this little island off um, Italy and the Amalfi Coast. It's insane it's like Mayfair on an island there's so many designer shops (laughs) the sun is shining the sea is just the bluest I've ever seen they've got a blue lagoon there and it's got a lot of history as well they had those emperors and kings living there and it's it's quite wild so it's quite a lot for everybody I think it's got everybody's taste the food is incredible the seafood is just gorgeous and it's obviously right, um, it's on volcanic soil as well because of the Mount Vesuvius. So the wines are incredible, any vegetables. And it's just, it's breathtaking. It's such a gorgeous place. So definitely recommend if anyone has the opportunity to go. Can you now tell me about your third song you'll be taking with you? So my third song is Figure It Out by Royal Blood. And it's quite an old song, but it was released when I think I was probably like 16 or something. And they were the first band that I saw live, the first live music event I'd ever been to. Um, And it was just quite monumental because I didn't realise how how good live music is. And like, you can get addicted to it. I then got in a phase of going to so many gigs because it's another level. I think when everyone's all together and in the same vibe and everyone's so positive and happy to be, to be there and like, everyone loves this band and it's such a good feeling and being a 16 year old and exposed to that it was just so crazy and I remember just trying to get to the front to be like right by the stage so it's just got great memories and it's got an amazing guitar amazing drum really great music and it's something different that's like it's not that music anymore but when I do I was like oh gosh I should listen to this more the LSE Cocktail Society is now moving into its fourth year at the LSE. What made you want to start the society? So I co-founded Cocktail Society with two of my friends in our second year. We were, I think it was about March time, just starting to revise things. We were sitting in the library and we were just so down with work. And you know how the library can just feel really claustrophobic and all that is about work and there's no fun. So we we need some fun and, and LSE needs needs some more fun societies. If you look at the list of societies at that point, it was all really career focused. There are a few, but but not enough. And I and we really saw the gap that there's not a cocktail society. If you look at other other unions around London, around the UK, most of them have cocktail societies and it's a it's a really creative society to have. Um and we thought a really good one because you can have the um sort of career side of it by having networking events but making it more fun by providing cocktails but also 
having an outlet for students to just let their hair down to enjoy something different to create um, and try some new things so we then decided we should launch it we should we should find this society of LSE um, and it was quite a process but it was it was definitely such a great thing to do and I'd recommend if you do think LSE needs something to try and make it happen because if you aren't going to do it then who is and from a selfish point of view it's a great thing to put on your CV for the future I've used it in so many interviews I still use it because it really gives you that experience um, of the real world you need marketing experience you need event experience you need to persuade people so it's really great skills um, and being part of the society and even in a leadership position or finding a society is a really great thing to do for your future. LSE Cocktail Society is around the world cocktail and tea event. I think it's one of the best, if not the best, LSE event I've been to. What would you say was the inspiration behind it? And I think being a geography student, I've always been fascinated about other countries and different traditions and different cultures. And I thought that it would be really interesting to find out other cocktails from around the world and have that represented. And it became quite a social thing as well because I got to meet so many people from different parts of LSE I would never, ever, ever have met. And because I worked with lots of different cultural societies around LSE, so the Welsh Society, the Canadian Society, US Society, Chile Society. And it was really fun to do that because we met up and um, they told me about what cocktails they they knew from their countries and and I basically facilitated their ideas um, and it was great because everyone could learn some more about the different uh, cultures and different ingredients and, and behind a recipe means so much more and it was LSE is such an international community it's nice to celebrate that in that sort of event. Now moving on to song number four can you tell us what it is and for any reasons why you're taking it with you? So song number four is 24K Magic by Bruno Mars. So actually now when I listen to this song, I always skip it, but it has such funny memories. It was released in my first year, 2016, and whenever it came on, I would just go crazy. I think it just, the beat is just great. And it just makes me feel so happy. And I just like dance wildly. And I think it always used to like embarrass my friends slightly. And whenever it came on, they'd just look at me ready, like, is she going to dance now? Um, I think that kind of got annoying. So then I started to hate the song. But I remember listening to, uh, it came on in Sky Garden. And I was so drunk that night. And it was just like the best night ever. And it came on from a live band. and just hearing it. It was just great and it's, it's just one of those songs that has such a great beat from the outset that you have to dance. Can you now tell me about what is it like working for one of if not the world leading magazine company Condé Nast? It's a really inspirational place to work. You get to meet and speak with such creative people I've never had that experience before and to hear even just the way they speak and the way they present themselves just visually it's really inspiring. I've been really lucky to have been given the opportunity to work there and to learn from these people and network and just be exposed to that that world. I think it's a it's a really exciting uh, time of my life. What do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions people have with big fashion magazines? I think the 
biggest misconception is the superficiality and that everybody just cares about themselves. I definitely had that conception because I, when I arrived there, I had to have this hard skin, have to be selfish. But when I got there, it was completely the reverse. Um, there's such a lovely team spirit. Everyone looks out for each other. So I think that is a definite misconception. And I think the misconception that fashion is superficial in itself, I never thought that, but I think people do think that. And I think if you were to come into Connellas for a day and see how it works and, and, the, and the meanings behind how a magazine is put together. So I remember speaking to the editor of, of The World of Interiors and he wants, he turns the pages of the magazine and some of the pages he'll hate and some of the pages he'll love. And that's really important for him because it's not about his opinion. He wants to present something for a reaction from the readers. And I think that's really important because a lot of people can think that fashion and style is, is one set thing. And it really isn't, it's a form of expression. And when you come into the offices and you do see that it's, they're working for the readers and not the other way around. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into the fashion industry? Contacts is a big thing. Making sure you're utilising LinkedIn, going to events where you can. So there's lots of fashion events that you can go to and getting experience is really important. So definitely not being afraid to message somebody and get some advice and just get those contacts rolling because I think that's the best way to do it. Can you now tell me about your fifth song and why you're taking it with you? So my fifth song is Tiny Dancer by Elton John. And it's such a lovely, lovely song. The melody is beautiful uh, and it reminds me, we always listen to it on long car journeys. We always put the Elton John CD. and I think it's the second one on there. So it just reminds you of going somewhere fun and being with my family. And I think if I was stuck in a desert island, then I'd want to remember those times. As a child, did you have any ambitions that you wanted to do when you grew up? And are they the same as what you're doing or your ambitions now? So it's quite funny, actually. I used to be obsessed with football, especially FC Barcelona. I was such a huge fan. and I actually went out to Barcelona a few times. And I wanted to be the manager of FC Barcelona, <laughs> um, which actually would be quite fun to do now. But I'm not actually into football anymore which is kind of a shame. I sort of lost it when I went to uni. I think in uni you get in your own bubble and in your own world and I lost watching football. Um, so it's, it's not my dream now. I think fashion and, and beauty is sort of where I'm going to be heading, but a managerial position would be quite fun. So can you now tell me about the sixth song you'll be taking with you? So the sixth song is Love by Kendrick Lamar. This song I actually wanted my wedding. It sounds, if no one's heard this song, they should definitely listen to it because it's not a very typical Kendrick Lamar song, I wouldn't say. It's got a really nice sort of tune to it. It's quite slow and it is about love. Um, I'm not a big lovey person, but this song is actually really sweet. And I love Kendrick Lamar's voice. I, I really love Kendrick Lamar. I think he's really cool. And it's a really great album. And it's just one that would make me have like a, a chill day on the desert. If you were given a magic wand, is there anything you would change about the world? Um, anything I would change about the world? A big concern of mine is access to clean water. I, I did a module at LSE about water 
and that was really eye-opening about how important water is not just to drink or to clean yourself but also as an economic tool and how water is so integral to economic development so i think if i had a magic wand i would give everybody access to clean water because i think it, it, it then there's a rolling thing there where that would improve so much more and give access to being able to grow food more readily and economic development etc so i think it would be a, a good starting point so can you now tell me about the seventh song you'll be taking with you so my seventh song is there is a light that never goes out by the smiths it's actually a song that is one of my dad's favorites he used to say that when he was at uni himself he'd lie on his bed shut his curtains blast the song full volume with the lights out and I did the exact same thing and it's such a good song to just have blasting it's such an emotional song and the, the vocal is is really powerful and I think listening to it at such a volume and then in that sort of environment it's it's really quite emotional do you have a personality trait you're most proud of or grateful for I'm quite diplomatic I tend to listen to both sides of the story and make a decision from there, which I am, I think is quite a good trait. I also, I didn't realise this was a trait of mine until I started working, but apparently whenever I'm stressed at work, my colleagues can't tell that I am. I have this air of calmness about me, which I do think can be quite useful, especially if you're more senior in a workplace like as I am now. I'm senior sales executive, so the younger sales executives look to me, and if I'm stressed and flapping about, then that would be an example for them. But in my position to be able to be calm or appear calm, that gives them that confidence. So I think it is quite a useful trait to have. What was your favourite part of being a student at the LSE? It was being with other people and having people around you who are so driven and at some points when I was at LSE I was like this is the worst thing in the world but actually looking back on it I wouldn't be where I am without those people because they drove me on and I think the LSE mindset is always to be aiming for something more and to be driven and to be aiming for your goal and then when that goal is achieved there's another goal so it's always this constant success you're achieving um, which is really inspirational but at times can be frustrating and, and and it can make you feel quite small at some points but without it I definitely wouldn't be where I am I wouldn't have done a second year internship I wouldn't have applied for jobs when I did in my third year so it's definitely something that we do we do well in that because we drive each other on so can you now tell me about your eighth and final song so my eighth and final song is Young Wild and Free by Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa this song is really funny because um, so I met my current boyfriend in Parsfield and we were friends before and this song is really special for us because um, it was a song we played literally all night it was on repeat from like midnight till six in the morning on repeat and we had the best chat just this song in the background and I think that's one of the nights we got like we just got to know each other a lot more and it was it's quite a special one um but it gives me those memories of 
those times at uni where you're just I was up at 4am just eating raw spaghetti in in the kitchen it's <laughs> as if that would ever happen now so whenever I hear that song it just brings back those memories of those wild times in the middle of the night in Parsfield. <laughs> you're allowed to bring with you the bible the beverage report and a book of your choice what book are you going to take with you? I will take Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. It's a book that I read in A-level English. It's amazing and it's a classic. It's a gothic novel about, it's a love story. The characters in it are so iconic and so well-rounded and really developed as characters. And it's sort of got different parts of the novel and the imagery it conjures up while you're reading it. It's, it's so evocative. So I think it would be really great to to, if you're on a desert island, you'd want to think about the moors back in England, and that would definitely take you back there. Fab. And moving on, finally, what will be the luxury item you take with you? My luxury item will be Youth Renewal Cream by Murad. So it's a cream, it's quite a strong cream, and I use it once a week, but I wasn't big into skincare before I started at Condé Nast, but we get gifted quite a lot of skincare and it's changed my life. And I don't think I could live without that cream because you wake up in the morning, it, it sits on your face at night. And so you sit and you, you sleep in it and it soaks in. And in the morning you wake up and your skin just feels just so refreshed. And I think it would it, it is going to do me wonders and I won't have many wrinkles when I'm older because of that cream. So I definitely need it on that desert island with that sun. <laughs> and you've noticed this isn't a sponsorship that they put in <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for giving me your time and telling us about your geography island jams oh thank you for having me it was so fun